Hello, this is Doug, and this is Dylan, and, and we're, we're here to, to have a uh, chip chat uh, on Transistor Radio. Yeah, we're we're here to talk. We have it's been a while. Uh, I feel like we've been busy doing shit, but uh, importantly, there's export controls, and this is something that we really want to talk about. And I think that both of us can talk uh, extensively about how big of a deal this is. So, um, I guess one of the reasons why we felt really compelled to talk about this is that, like. You know, uh, one of um, one of our friends, Jordan, his tweet went like super viral and everyone's freaking out. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like this is that was the point of the export control. So I guess uh, the thing that's been a big, big dissonance to me is I understood how important it was. And I don't think other people haven't understood how important it, it is. And we're here to talk about how big of a deal it is. What exactly are the regulations, how it's impacted some of the companies so far and maybe potential retaliation. So uh, you want to go first with like high level what are the types of regulations like where are they where have the u.s targeted technology wise and where have they not targeted and the impacts of that sure i mean you know to start it off with i think it's an economic cold war um given the the sanctions that have been placed because it's on all high-end ai technology right that's the goal of the um and and hpc high performance computing and so it starts off with hey we're banning all chips over a certain level of performance um, and that level of performance is basically where NVIDIA was three years ago on the AI chips. Um, and obviously others are you know, behind them. So they're just starting to release chips of that level. So AMD's got a chip, NVIDIA's, uh, Intel's chip next year for their GP, GPU, um, and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, then, then the next step down is, okay, well, if we ban those, we also have to make sure that you can't manufacture them. So then a whole host of equipment is banned, right? And it's generally, you know, call it five or six year old chip manufacturing uh, technology, right? I mean, I mean, so for, for 3D NAND, for our logic and for DRAM. So all of those are banned, right? 14 nanometer on logic, 18 nanometer on DRAM and 128 layers on NAND. So all of those are banned and all equipment for that. Um, the problem with that is, you know, well, you, you use some equipment that's used on 90 nanometer that you use on, you know, 14 nanometers. So which one, which one are, which one is banned? You know, there hasn't been enough guidance on that. Um, but essentially, you know, given the U.S.'s stranglehold on the equipment market, um, including, you know, the contribution that U.S. has to companies like Symer, I mean, uh, and, and, and to ASML, right. You know, you, you look at U.S. contribution to semiconductor manufacturing equipment, it's over 50%. You can't make a fab without U.S. equipment. Um, then, then it goes on to ban uh, specific companies and institutions, many of which are China's largest universities, from a whole lot more, including microcontrollers of five gigaflops. Just, just to put five gigaflops into perspective, that's more than a decade old, right? Chip, right? More than a decade old. So, so you know, some of the top Chinese universities are banned from that, right? Well, at least they have to get a license, and you know, it's it's you know questionable whether they'll get it or not. And then, um, sort of lastly. U.S. people are not allowed to work in China, basically, for, to support any of these efforts. Um, and so that, that you know, there's a lot of folks who, you know, were U.S. citizens or passport holders that, you know, worked at U.S. companies and then went back to China. You know, either they, they were born there or their parents were born there and they went back and they, they, they now work there. So now they have to make the decision of, do I continue to work in China or do I come back to the U.S.? Because if I continue to work in China, I lose my U.S. passport and I'm now a criminal, according to the U.S., so there's a whole host of um, sanctions and we can get deeper, but, you know, that's the general overview. Yeah. Something I actually wanted to talk about was how they're actually, you know, the 
the high level, you know, spirit of it is AI and focusing on like cutting off um, HPC and AI stuff. But when you look a little deeper, it actually seems very uh, arbitrary, right? Like some of the technologies and some of the, the, the semi-cap tools, you're like, well, actually that's been in use since 90 nanometer, right? Like it's, it's, it, um, maybe it was a little done a little hastily. I mean, cause it was done very quickly, but, uh, and then they don't even talk, talk about etch at all. So there seems to be a lot of discretion about the whole thing. And, and overall the point of the, the entire, you know, spirit of the export control is to, uh, absolutely hamstring china's semiconductor uh initiative and they definitely seem to have done a really good job at it like it's very uh it's very e- inclusive and you know at least for some of the companies that i was like doing some research about i was like well you know this is such a broad statement that yeah this can apply to almost anything kind of kind of deal so it it, it is very unilateral it um they have a lot of discretion it actually isn't just the super high end cutting edge stuff, but there's some stuff that's also used in a lot of older technology. And um, overall, it seems like a, a pretty nuclear option in terms of cutting cutting things off. So yeah, it's definitely Cold War stuff. Like this is this is probably the most the most escalated version relative to the the past few years, right? Like this makes Huawei the the Huawei TSMC cutoff look like you know chump change. Is that a fair un- understanding of it or? I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Cause this is these, these sanctions are sweeping across the whole economy, not sort of like, look, well, China, Huawei supplied Iran. So tech, so now they're on the sanctions list. Right. So there's at least like, you know, a, a very clear path to why Huawei was cut off and not the whole economy, but this is the whole economy. Right. Yeah. So it's a bit, it's a bit, it's, it's saying, you know, the entirety of China is, is now on the sanction list, not just one company, you know, no matter how important or, you know how connected that company was. It's still saying the whole country. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, the 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 cutoff point is what's you know what's really confusing and ambiguous, and there's a lot left to interpretation with the companies, right? You know, as 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 you know, we discussed, right? There's there's tools that are old that are either specifically named in the deposition section, um, or they're you know they could potentially be used on a 14 nanometer process. You know, when when in reality, you know, most of the use is still probably on you know older process nodes, but it could be used there. So, you know, is, is that is that banned? How 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 you know thorough that is, and and you know how the companies have responded because they've sort of all put a flag down now, right? Lam Research, Applied Materials, and ASML, um, and have said very different things, all three of yeah. them. So it'd be it's 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 interesting to see how people are interpreting it, and you know, there's that that's all how they're interpreting it. I'm sure the government will disagree with all of them. Yeah, well, my favorite one is actually on ASML's earnings call or whatever. They're like, 16 nanometers, is that the marketing note or is that the li- is that the the pitch width? And I was like, ooh, kind of a good point, right? Because like if it's the pitch width, that that's essentially that's much smaller, right? Like that's effectively there is, there is no node with that, right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, there is all right, like that's 20, right? So it's like, okay, that's right. Like it's like what pitch width is like 20 nanometers or something. So I was like, uh, what the hell does that mean on 16 nanometer? Cause no, and that, that might actually go to the spirit of nanometer marketing nodes don't really mean anything anymore. Um, but at the same time, I thought it was really interesting. ASML in particular was like, uh, we're a European company. These are European products. You cannot stop us from shipping this. And if you do some research, uh, I, I Dylan definitely pointed out Simer, which is the light source for EUV is a very, is a San Diego based company. And DUV. Yeah. Oh, and DUV. Okay. So yeah, DUV as well. So it's like, you know, and, and then also, you know, uh, Lamb on their call was saying, 
well, what are you going to, you know, if they're shipping all these DUV tools, like they got to do some etch and deposition as well. Like it can't just be like, you know, patterning these wafers and doing no more than that, you know? So like, there's just like this weird disconnect because ASML was uh, pretty bullish or rather like uh, pretty much the tone of, oh, we got a, there's a license and we have to sign it again. This won't really impact us 5% of our backlog versus Lamb Research was like, uh, you know, 14, 15% of our, re- or $2.5 billion dollars. Two to two point five billion dollars of revenue is just gone next year, and it's not coming back, right? So, yes, the yeah. the the I mean, the thing is, right? Like, so Lamb is is clearly clearly banned because they're, you know, either they're, you know, it's a top five customer for them for sure, right? That was specifically mm-hmm. named named onto the new entity list, which is you know different than any of the regulations that I mentioned. But this is just like straight up, you're not allowed to work with this company, um, YMTC, right? Um, and so you know that's. I've estimated that as like eight or 9% of their revenue. Um, and that's gone overnight. And then, you know, it's not hard to find another five, 6%, you know, through the other rest of these regulations in China. Um, as you mentioned, right. ASML is playing coy and saying they're, they're not uh, affected. I mean, they were always not going to be affected as much just simply because they are more, they have more leading edge logic intensity than any other firm currently. Um, and, and so, the trailing edge China was only something like 10 or 15% of their revenue. Um, But I think they are being way too coy because the U S government has moved down the sort of uh, threshold for what is considered American product in the past with Huawei. Um, So as an example, right, it's 25% U S content makes the product American, uh, you know, product almost right um but and, and and asml can argue no simer you know light sources plus you know all of the software literally all of it um plus you know some licensing that we do from the euv society you know things like that right um llc you know there's a bunch of stuff like that where they could say okay that's not under that's not over 25 percent. that's an argument um one would one could argue the software is a massive massive component opc um optical proximity correction um but you know, fine. It could could be below twenty five percent. The U.S. has moved that down to fifteen percent in the case of Huawei, and there's nothing in the law that doesn't stop them from moving it to one percent. If it's one percent U.S. content, it's it's U.S. now. Or they could just start adding companies to the to the entity list, right? It's it's and that would affect no one besides ASML really, because Lam and Applied already can't work with them, right? So they can just add SMIC to the entity list. Now that's that's most of uh, ASML's you know demand. Um, in the in in China on the leading edge at least right or or mm-hmm. close to the leading edge, mm-hmm. um, so so it's 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 a really tricky game and I think ASML should have been a little bit more coy on their call because yeah it probably I, pissed people off. I was gonna say the way that they kind of victory lapped that was very tone deaf. You know, uh, I think that's the biggest like that was the biggest uh, cognitive dissonance to me because I was like, guys, read the room, you know, um, and that that was that was the weirdest part. I also think uh, applied was also kind of odd because they really don't seem as impacted as we initially thought or I initially thought at least. Looks like five percent of their revenue, and they're gonna do a lot of shifting, um, shifting into other you know other China domestic or China. No, sorry, non-China domestic, but fabs in China customers. So, and that, that's actually something I thought was really interesting as well. Is they gave these temporary licenses to all these companies that have fabs in, the, in China, but are international, right? Uh, and the, the thought process there is not to disrupt the supply chain any further, but like those are really weird to me because why, like now you don't have a long-term plan in this fab at all. 
And there's a lot of Chinese domestic products that that are part of that. Like Micron has a China Chinese fab, right? Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know, uh, I think the Korean companies, SK Hynix and and Samsung, they got like a temporary license. And so I think the future there is also really uncertain too, because clearly they're not, they don't want uh, the Chinese to be able to lease this fab, let's say. It's owned by someone else. You essentially are leasing it from Samsung. I think that that is someplace that I'm really interested in seeing like how that evolves. My guess is that uh, no more new CapEx in China is kind of the vibe and we'll see from there. Any thoughts on the temporary licenses? Yes, I mean, uh, you know, so the the regulation itself granted these foreign firms till April, whereas domestic firms were granted till uh, September or yeah, November. till September. Um, yeah. I believe or, or November. Sorry, November. So domestic firms in China were granted till November, and then they were cut off. But these these foreign firms were granted till April, and then the U.S. you know at least allegedly already extended these all to one year. Um, so, but, but I, I'd agree, right. This is, this is like, you know, make sure your fab is good and afterwards you're not allowed to build it, expand it out anymore. Right. So I think that's probably more of the spirit, right. And, and Hey, don't build any green field, just get, keep your brown field. And we won't let that investment go to zero, you know, because you're our ally, but um, otherwise, you know, you're not building any more new fabs there. Build them in the U.S. We'll give you Chips Act, right? Yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you money or give or give it in Japan or do it in Chip 4 or whatever, you know? like Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think it's a bargaining chip in the Chips 4 alliance as well for South Korea because, you know, South Korea has been tepid about joining the Chips 4, which is a sort of alliance between Taiwan, Japan, U.S., and South Korea on semiconductors, right? The most important semiconductor countries, uh, even if the Netherlands wants to pretend, um, but those are the four most uh, important semiconductor countries. And the U S is trying to wrangle everybody up into an alliance against China. Um, and, and South Korea has been tepid. So, you know, I think this is also part of that. It's like, Hey, do you want to join this? Or if not, we can just cut off your fabs. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty intense. If you think about it, like this is some real, like, decision these decisions really do matter i i think that's that's kind of like the thing that you know both of us are always like you know semiconductors freaking matter so much um but for real you know this would make any of these cuts from any uh from even just supplying spares and stuff would effectively cut off the ability to make more chips and this includes south korea and memory and like this would be much worse than the 2020 shortage right the 2020 shortage was probably like a five like probably like a 10 percent slip between demand and supply versus like you know what we're talking about here is 30 40 percent supply shortages so that's you know much much worse and much harder so these the 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 levers that are being pulled right now are much um are much stronger than anything we've ever seen before is that that's and, and yeah, like this I'll, is yeah I, I would i would sort of want to temper the so whole like it'd be 30 40 percent but it wouldn't happen overnight right i mean there's going to be yeah. there's going to you know tool will last for six months year two years without service or you know you know with service that you can do without being you know from the company that built it with extra mm-hmm. spares of any kind mailed to you you know through the air whenever you want right you know or, you know, so, so these fabs will still run, but they will slowly d- decrease in output. And, you know, there is no realistic way to bring them back to full output or increase output, uh, you know, with, with domestic firms, um, whether you're China or even if South Korea was part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been a very intense, like, lever. I would say uh, uh, shit's getting real is, is kind of my vibe. Like, this definitely feels like an acceleration of the whole process. 
Um, and we've talked about LAM applied um, and ASML, but like, I, I guess where, where do you think like, where do you think China domestic is, is, is in this process? Like, are they just absolutely screwed? Like, I guess lagging edge is still going to be relevant or around. Um, leading edge just feels absolutely crushed, especially, you know, YMTC, for example. Uh, so I'm just trying to see like, what is the, the path forward for China's semiconductor, you know, ambitions? Because the thing that really worries me is that this really feels like it's, it's like kind of pushing the, the, the more extreme outcomes, right? If, if you, if you were feeling, if you're feeling yourself and, and, and really chaos seeking and you really want to Taiwan before, um, that's one thing, but now you don't even have access to making your own semiconductors. You could definitely see the logic and reasoning for maybe a more drastic o- outcome, which is kind of like what I'm scared about is that there's more by doing this. It just creates more volatility in the outcomes altogether. Is that, do you agree or disagree with that? And then I would love to hear your thoughts on potential retaliation. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. There's, there, this is absolutely, you know, more uncertainty in the world. Right. I mean, you know, you could argue for, oh, China won't do anything on Taiwan. There's no point. They'll, you know, just give them a decade. They'll catch up, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, now there's no chance they'll catch up in a decade on technology, right? You know, they're like, oh, SMIC's at seven, you know, whatever. It's all good. No, you know, now, now, you know, SMIC would be lucky if they can build a 14 nanometer fab, assuming these sanctions are, you know, enforced properly. Um, they'd be lucky if they could build a 28 nanometer fab, honestly, because, you know, the fact that they can build 14. Um, but if you if you um, should preclude them from, you know, ordering tools for a 28 nanometer fab, which are largely the same as a 14 nanometer fab. Um, but, you know, so, so the Chinese domestics, you know, the ones that are, you know, high end should probably uh, end up not being able to buy anything. Um or at least most, almost everything. Um, but there's plenty of fabs that aren't even targeting anything on 28 nanometer. Right? They're targeting 40 nanometer, IGBT, uh, CMOS image sensor, so on and so forth, right? You know, uh, th- these are all banned as well. Um, or not banned, sorry. These are all going to continue to build out. Um, and as far as retaliation, that, you know, that, that, that that's fine. But, you know, you, you still want the leading edge. That's all government seems to care about. Uh, politicians, the leading edge, so... You know, that that increases the outcome of any sort of bad outcomes in, in or actions taken in Taiwan. Um, as far as retaliation, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's 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 so debatable. Right. It's like, well, they can just cut off iPhones. Is what some people are like, and I'm like, no, they, they can't um, because that would hurt them a whole lot more. Um but, but, you know, there are some, you know, legitimate ways, you know, like, the, like, you know, people are thre- saying, oh, they could threaten, you know, rare earth mineral access, you know, if you want rare earth minerals, you have to buy them in manufactured goods in China, not in, you know, raw product form that you can then integrate elsewhere. Um, but again, that even looks like shooting yourself in the foot, um, given the lead time on that supply chain is probably shorter than the lead time on every other supply chain. Um, but, but what do you think about, you know, a, a threat to, from China or, or how they could retaliate? I mean, I, I know they're in a tough place with the economy. Yeah, that's, that's something that I thought a lot about this. The first thing I thought was rare earth minerals. The second I thought, uh, was OSATs just because they do have such a stranglehold on OSATs and, and manufacturing on that end. But then at the same time, OSATs do employ a lot of people. And one of the things that I think that is maybe, underappreciated right now is how bad the Chinese economy really is. They've just kind of been publishing less statistics right now because of how bad it is. Uh, the The September data for semiconductor output, for example, was down like 25% year over year. One of the, the worst collapse ever essentially since the financial crisis. Like it's really, it's really, really hurting. And especially on the low end Chinese smartphone demand, that, that 
demand seems to have absolutely fallen off a cliff. So there, we don't really know the state of the Chinese economy because it's an extremely um, secretive command economy. But right now in particular, all signs look like it's deathly ill, um, partially because of zero COVID. And so that's kind of like the genius of the, the export control acts is I feel like we, the United States hit China extremely hard. Like this was, this was about as hard as a blow as you could push. And, um, and China just doesn't have any kind of like leverage back in the same way, um, especially when the economy is weak, if that makes sense. If the economy was a lot stronger, and let's say China was posting double-digit GDP growth, they could definitely um, hamstring almost every American company uh, that that manufactures or sells or has a segment there. But right now, they're already doing stimulus, encouraging their citizens to buy anything because of how bad the economy is. I think it would be very weird. Like the messaging would be so odd. It's like, yeah, but do not buy anything from America. But like, I need you to purchase something, you know? So it's like, it's just such a weird time for China. And that's like, that's like the, the weirdest thing overall, I think. Um, but then- um, yeah, other than that, I also think that the politics definitely seems to matter a lot more than the economy. If, if the recent Congress, uh, outcome says anything is that, uh, who cares about the economy? It's all about par- party politics anyways. So, um, we're just going to have to see. I, Do you I think that means there's still a retaliation then. Cause I, I know... think there's a retaliation a hundred percent because it doesn't like, dude, Xi Jinping is, is like, is he's the controller of everything like he he won it was like a clean slate dude so whatever the man wants is what he's gonna get so it's it's an autocrat running things at the top um if he wakes up and chooses violence that's what we're gonna get i don't know i i have no like insight into what xi jinping thinks about on a daily basis i would love that line but uh if <laughs> if you could like think about how great that would be uh but like if he cho- if he wants to do a meaningful retaliation and i have no and like just absolutely shoot himself in the foot too he can now it doesn't matter there is no feedback anymore it's it's just a one man shop so like you know there are some crazy things that have happened that autocrats have pursued in the past in um you know, let's say communist led countries like in Russia or in, you know, in like original OG Mao Zedong, like communist China, like they're, they can do whatever they want. It could be very like, it could be nonsensical as hell if with the retaliation. So like, we should like stop thinking about things in like a very logical econ base of like, oh, well, this would hurt them as a ton too, because we don't really know, like when you have that much control at the top, they can do whatever they want. They can take as much pain as they want. It doesn't really matter anymore. Um, so have fun predicting that, right? Like that's uh, that's the fun part about semiconductor stuff. Like I have no idea, I have no idea what to make of that at all. At the very least, I expect you know a media push to stop consuming American products and use a substitute Chinese yes. product, right? You know, for example, yeah. iPhones, right? Their sales data in the U.S. is freaking amazing, right? We we yeah. we know that, but you know, what does the European sales data look like? Actually, it still looks decent, you know, because it's high end focused. But what about in China? You know, we it could be horrible for all we know, right? It could be, you know, or or soon get really horrible, right? As mm-hmm. as the government is basically like, hey, or the the media's, which is the government, right, basically says, stop buying iPhones, buy Xiaomi phones, right? You know, that's that's very much a possibility. Yeah. Um, or Nike you know, shoes Starbucks versus. And, yeah, Starbucks yeah. in in Shanghai. You know, Starbucks has a lot of locations in in China. They're they're not going to get you know people c- coming through, right? Go go to your local you know Chinese domestic 
uh coffee chain don't go to starbucks and well well like lucan or something the giant fraud that's uh that's a that's a whole that's a whole other thing well actually there's like actually chinese penetration of coffee is like much lower than the united states which is like a whole a whole thing altogether maybe you should be drinking chinese domestic tea according to the media i don't know there are substitute ingredients uh for example there's like uh anta shoes versus nike shoes there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that they could pull this lever, but the uh, and and I think that that will happen. Like my favorite case studies are the um, the Thad missiles in South Korea and the Chinese island disputes with Japan. Uh, when those went down, the media said, "Hey, stop buying Japanese and Korean goods." And during those like three months of whatever, uh, you know, the the dispute. Uh, probably the best metric was cars. I, I want to say like South Korean cars and Japanese cars had like 70% year over year declines. That's the kind of stuff we should probably end up seeing that makes sense whenever um, whenever it happens. But, you know, a 70% year over year decline doesn't really hit as hard when they're probably already doing 30% year over year declines. So it's like just like the magnitude is just a lot less um, impactful than it would have been in the past, right? This huge growth segment into this huge uh, huge growth cater versus, you know, it's already shrinking. Now it's just worse. So I totally we'll thought you were going to bring up uh skincare, by the way, because that's your oh. thing. Oh, oh yeah. Skincare. Well, th- yeah, actually it's a good example, but that was actually more about uh, chi- Chinese consumers flying to Korea and not purchasing skincare. So like there was a, essentially a travel ban where they did not. And then like, that's a very pop, like the duty-free stores in, um, in, Korea has like like the per capita consumption of like a person that goes there is like in the thousands or something like that like the average transaction of a person going to but that's an aside like that's that's a good example as well but um we're we're just gonna see I don't know uh it seems like you know they should they should be pulling the levers that they have the hardest one which is definitely rare earth minerals um but I feel like rare earth minerals do you really think that's like a lever that really matters anymore because like there There's are other production ramping in the U.S. and in Australia, and and I my 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 understanding is that that supply chain could be completely outsourced in a handful of years, you know, that's or, what or maybe too. even less, right? Um, whereas you know, with 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 other things, you know, that that the West could fire back with, or at least the U.S. could fire back with, it would take probably a lot longer. So yeah, um, but it's going to be max pain for both sides. Um, yeah. So that's the scary thing, right? I mean it's it's there's so much volatility so much uncertainty you know you have you have what was it the secretary of state saying you know chinese invasion of taiwan is moving forward like blinken yeah. i can't remember his role but yeah he's a big important person well okay so uh, there's a lot of ideologues they say all kinds of crazy stuff all the time but like party just ended and they're like the chinese reunification of taiwan and china will happen like it's like that is a must I mean, I don't know what that time frame looks like, but it's like in their eyes that will eventually happen. So anyways, this is all uh, this is all the part that becomes less fun for me, where it's just like pure speculation of what will China do? Um, we really don't know, but it seems like we just launched the most ridiculous body bag. Like we just we just bodied them really, really, really hard just now. I mean, and I don't know what the retaliation looks like. I really um, I'm pretty interested because it, it's going to matter. And I think that I think that that headline will kind of sink into American mindset or consumers mindset, maybe more because they're like, wow, that's really bad. And you'd be like, yeah, because we did something very horrible already. You know, that's like the weird part about this whole thing is um, in our little corner, we understand how important this is. And most people really are just not like just don't get the geopolitical importance of the 
of what what just happened. So um, yeah, any other any other thoughts on, on that? Um, no, I think that, that you know technology is what's driven almost all economic growth in the West the last thirty years, and that's all built on semiconductors, guys. And hey. we just we just we just blew it up, right? So we just blew it up. So what does that mean for future technology economic growth? Right? It's it's it significantly lowers that for not just China but also the West, um, most likely. Yeah, yeah. The supply chain is decoupling faster than ever. It's really funny because in the midst of this happening, like the entire semiconductor industry is like, "Up, oh, we're in an oversupply of inventory." Like, you know, so it's very the the timing is very funny to me. But uh, this still over a three to five year period, we're gonna look back and be like, "Oh yeah, that's a moment that really mattered," in my opinion, because. Um, it, this has all been like a boiling pot, right? Like this is nothing new. Nothing nothing that we've been talking about is like, like it's a little surprising. I was like, wow, what a big thing. But when I read it, like I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Like this is just a continuation of a trend that has been going on since 2018, right? And mm-hmm. I think that we should, it's reasonable to expect that China will retaliate and then we will retaliate again and things will get worse. And like, you know, this, this ball, you know, this, this thing has been pushed off the hill and we're rolling down. Like, you know, I don't know where it lands or how this ends up, but like this, it's going to continue. Is that the least spicy take ever that you could agree with? I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the era of globalization is, is, uh, maybe reversing who knows, but I mean, that's, 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 all i have for you doug do you have anything else no i don't have anything else man this is like all out of outside of our depths of like you yes know, yep i mean it's just i mean it's important we got to talk about it because obviously you know we both read the re- regulations like oh this is a big deal but this is just feels out outside of the depth of what any one human can understand analyze or appreciate so that's um, all we have for you on the chip chat thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah thanks for joining us on our our status episode yet so uh i hope to hear you guys uh Talk to you guys soon. So take care.